by Rebecca Spencer. from almost the halfway line. Welcome back to N17 Women, the only podcast exclusively focused on Tottenham Hotspur women. We're really glad to be back for a special holiday slash winter break edition. And this is Caroline and I've got Abby, Sean and Rachel here with me today. So how are y'all doing? What have y'all been spending your winter break on so far? I'm good. I've been to Manchester and back. Um, It was fun. I saw family. Um, Now I'm back in London and happy to be here. Yes, been good. I mean, I've mostly been working and doing hospital radio, which is what I tend to do during my break. So uh, I've been doing lots of that and seeing the family and enjoying a slightly slower pace to the football since, uh, since the World Cup and the women's winter break and dovetailed nicely yeah I um I flew back to Colorado on Christmas day which ended up being like a really good move because air travel before and after that day was an absolute mess in the U.S. and I missed all of it and just sailed straight through and then been taking care of my friend's dogs um it hasn't been going smoothly we had a little um uh excretion incident I'll put it that way <laughs> Other than that, I've just been, um, I'm off work this week. I've literally just been catching up on my laundry. It's very boring. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I've had a a quiet Christmas and uh, looking forward to some some New Year's activities, but otherwise keeping it low key. So first we wanted to talk about, you know, where Spurs women are at at this point in the season. I think we're not quite halfway yet, but just about. So I'll go over real quick just what our record is in all the competitions. For the WSL, we played nine games and we have one game still in hand. We've won three, drawn zero, and had six losses for nine points total. And as far as our goals go, we have scored 11 goals, conceded 17, and have a negative six goal difference. Uh, In the Conti Cup, we won all three games in our group, scored eight goals, and conceded only two. So we ended at the top of the group. And we are now into the quarterfinal versus Chelsea, which will be on January 25th. And then for the FA Cup, we haven't started that campaign yet um, since the WSL teams haven't come in yet. But we have been drawn at home um, and we're going to be playing either London City or Portsmouth, depending on who wins that um, rescheduled game. So big picture. What do we think has worked well so far? What have been the, I guess, highlights of the season or things that you think the team has done well so far? That's a tricky one. Um, I think it's really clear that there is good team camaraderie and that the players who have joined in the summer have are getting on well with the existing players and there's a sort of team spirit and that's a positive thing. I think that we have seen moments when things have been working well um probably we've seen an entire game of it against Brighton and we've seen some half games of it against other teams but it's hard to say that there is something that is consistently working well and I think that's that's probably why we've had such a difficult time on some of the most recent podcasts um talking about the games 
Yeah, I feel like halfway through this part of the season, if you had asked me that, I would have said we've, you know, gotten some results against teams we should definitely be beating when we haven't necessarily been playing well. But as you probably all have been trying to forget, uh, that has not continued throughout the rest of this part of the season. Um, Yeah, I guess I don't get the sense that, like, even though everything is awful, I still feel like... I still get the sense that there's hope and like reason to be upbeat. So I guess like the team's been doing well at not losing all hope. Well, I mean, I think like you say, though, the, the, the big, big picture wise, what's worked well is that nobody else has really taken off around us. Um, the top four are get. We speculated at the beginning of the season that maybe one of the top four would drop off and we might have a chance and all of those kind of hopeful things that you think at the beginning of the season. Realistically, that was unlikely to happen for a second season and it hasn't. The top four teams have all, have all to varying degrees, had a strong start to the season uh, and we are where we thought we would be with the top four. Uh, if you look at the kind of the breakdown of the league, it pretty much breaks down into the usual kind of three groups of four. Um, and I would say we're just about in that second group. We are holding on by a thread in some ways, but we're still there. So, and the points difference aren't huge. We've still got to play Aston Villa twice. Those are going to be huge games for us um, up with their performances this season. But there is still a lot to kind of go, okay, but you know, all we need to do is to have used this winter break to actually get it together, to to do what we know we can do. We've seen we can do it. Um, against some of the lesser opposition and, you know, against Brighton when they were having clearly very bad day, but we were able to put it together on that day and have a lot of fun on that day. Um, so I, I think it's still within our grasp to do what we hoped we would do and, and maintain that best of the rest, but we've not made it easy for ourselves. I love yeah. Sean's, like, what worked well is that um, it's not a disaster yet and that we can still salvage it. Um, but I, no I'm sorry I'm paraphrasing but it was a kind of like what worked it was a funny way of doing it everybody yeah. else is bad too that's what worked well <laughs> yeah that that helps and you know I think this this break in the season has come at a an important time for the team because they just really needed a reset it feels like you know as frustrated as we were with those last few performances I think we all know the team is capable of playing much better than that so I think really they just needed a chance to kind of break out of that funk and, you know, regroup, refocus. So hopefully we'll see <laughs> the team back to their previous form. So on the other hand, I think this will be much easier to answer. What has not worked this season? Staying fit. Had an awful lot of injuries, uh, which has affected the team. And we haven't really consistently been able to have a starting eleven. Um and I think for me, what hasn't worked is the the basics. So the the kind of passing has been not great, you know, and that's where a lot of it's broken down. Either the ball's too heavy or the first or the receiving touch is not good and we're losing possession. So I think for me, you know, it's those basics that we need to focus on and look at again. And if we can get those right, then we're going to be taking bigger strides. Yeah, for me, it's like obviously the injuries, but as well, like general fitness, I think every time we watch, I'm like, wow, we look so much less fit than the other team. And it's not just about like who's hurt and who's not. We look slower and we look weaker. And I feel like that's been a big contribution 
a big contributing factor to making those silly mistakes, not being able to get those passes off and not keeping the ball, not moving the ball. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. I think the issue around fitness in all of the senses, both as Sean and Abby described, has been important. If you look at what we did well last season, there were a lot of recoveries and tackles and things that meant that we had a chance at the second balls and that we were able to then defend across the team and it feels like that hasn't been possible this season and that might be because long-term injuries and you know little niggles means that people aren't getting up to speed and staying at that level but there is a real issue around just progressing the ball passing carefully and holding up the ball and what we're finding is too often it's bouncing around and I think a lot of that is around our midfield. So we're talking about not scoring, but a lot of the issue is about moving the ball from the back to the front. Yeah. I think the when we had our transfer window in the summer, we were thinking a lot of these players were going to be kind of like for like replacements for players who had left or were currently injured long-term. And I feel like it hasn't quite worked out that way in practice, especially like with our defense, you know, we've still got our, central center back pairing of Molly and Shalina that hasn't changed, but um, I think having, you know, a different supporting cast around them has kind of changed the calculus a little bit and they don't look as uh, solid as they did last season. So I think that's, that's a big part of why we've been conceding more goals than, than we saw last season. Yeah. I would say Maver leaving um, has been a big part there. So, uh, yeah. I mean, And also Rhea is under, you know, she was our second highest tackler after Ash last season. She really put in a shift defensively as well as going forward. And even thinking about Rachel, who was ostensibly a striker, but in the second half of the season did a whole lot of work keeping the ball in midfield. Obviously, that created issues in terms of not scoring goals, but it did mean that we were better able to do that. And I think that the replacements are good and have lots of strengths, but perhaps don't combine some of the defensive strengths of the players that we lost. Yeah. And to add one more thing, I think we all agree that we've just been bad in the air. Yeah, very much so. (laughs) And actually that was a place where Rachel was really strong. That was something that she was, especially in the sort of midfield area, claimed so many balls for us. Yeah. Very good point. Well, I know we've talked a lot in past episodes about the players' performances, but we haven't focused quite as much on Rianne Skinner, her job that she's done as manager. So I think this is a good time to kind of talk about where we're at with Rianne. Are we feeling like she is still the manager to lead the team? Are we having some doubts? How are y'all feeling? I don't I don't think I'm ready to uh, throw in the towel with Rianne yet. I, I think um, she's had some bad cards handed to her with injuries and things, and that's not think anything that's that's her fault. She's still learning as a club manager um, because she's you know, played you know her, she's been a coach mostly in, in in her club history, and then you know worked with England thing at teams well. So it's a whole new role for her really that she's learning. Um, and I don't, I don't see the club giving up on her yet either. Um, the rumours that I'm hearing is that she very much has the backing of the people who matter, uh, which is good. Um, and I, yeah, I'm, I, I think give her a bit more time. It, and also, you look around and you go, who would you get instead? Um, let's let's give her some more time. She's done great things so far. She's brought in some great players. Um, give her a bit more time to actually get 
get the best out of them, I say. Yeah, I 100% agree. I think, quite frankly, and I'm very sorry to if the two of you who haven't spoken yet uh, fall into this, but I feel like you don't. I think it's ridiculous that people are discussing Rianne out. I don't understand where, like, there are clear, obvious things that are happening right now. Like, I know she hasn't, like, always reacted the best to certain situations, especially with substitutions, but, like, she's she doesn't have a huge amount to work with right now. And uh, I personally am very willing to give her the time, especially with what we've seen over the last two years. And I think, um, I think Sean, your point of who else is out there, who could we get that's better is the exact right one. Like there are a lot of bad people out there who are managers, as we found out recently with all the stuff coming out of the NWSL. If you have a good one, I think it's important to hold on to them. And I just think that like, yeah, I have a lot, I have, I definitely have criticisms of Rianne and the things that um, some of the things that have happened this season, but, um, and, you know, I don't always understand what the plan is and like how we're supposed to play as a team and like where we're progressing towards. But I do think there are good reasons for that and that we do need to give Rianne the time. Yeah. I think Abby's, very eloquently described the reasons why it's too soon to be a Rianne out campaign. Um, At the same time, there are definitely issues around substitutions and player choice. And I I feel like she's in this difficult situation at the moment because we've just been describing the ways in which the team isn't doing the basics right. And so one solution to that is you have a very defined setup and you keep playing with the same shape so that everybody knows where everybody else is. And it feels like that's what she's been doing for a lot of this season. And that makes sense. But it also does mean that we have situations where it does feel like square peg in round hole sometimes to the in the ways in which she's using players. And I don't know what the solution to that is, but it does feel like it's a problem that at some point needs to be resolved, both by players being able to do the basics right, find each other in space and all of that, but also having a bit more flexibility tactically so that she can respond when an opposing team changes its shape or does something to um, counter the way in which they know that we're going to be set up because that's how we have been set up in all of the games for the last, well, at least the last few games. Yeah. And I do think that's one of the things that's so confusing to me is I felt like last spring, especially when we were dealing with injuries and like three games in a week, every other week and all this stuff, Um, I felt like she was really good at adjusting the setup of the team to fit the players. And she's just not doing that this year. And I don't know why. Um, So I really, I, I just have no idea why, but that has been very confusing to me. I wonder if part of it is that she's not sure which of the new players she can fully trust. Um, I just kind of get the sense sometimes that, you know, she's, sticking like kind of like Rachel said sticking with the same setup to try to try to get players working into some form but on the other hand at some point if it if it's not working we're going to have to see some some adjustments and you know again I think having this sort of break in the middle of the season is going to be really helpful to give her you know some time with them on the training pitch where we're not preparing for specific games and they can just kind of work on more fundamental things 
But I agree. I don't think it's time to move on from Rianne by any means. And I also think you can't doubt her commitment to the club. You know, I think she's shown herself to be very, very dedicated. And we saw what a huge effect she had when she came in last season. So I think it's just a matter of of giving her some more time with this, you know, somewhat new group to work with. Well, if we had to give an overall grade on the first half of the season, what would it be? I was going to say D plus, but then I thought maybe that's mean. So maybe a C minus, but it's somewhere in that range. Um, Probably influenced by the downward trend at the end of the season and the last two months in which we haven't scored any goals in the WSL. Um, I don't think we could grade it higher than that. Yeah, I was I was thinking a C personally. Um, there's, as we say, it's not quite halfway yet, so there's still some scope. And we have been, I think, affected by the last couple of games, which have been particularly bad. Um, so we're kind of coming at it from that regard. Um, but difficult to, to, to say any higher than that, really. Yeah, I feel like I was going to say something like, it's like when you get like, maybe this is an entirely American phenomenon, but when you get like a a 79.9 and you really want your teacher to round you up to a B minus and they're like, nope, that's a C. (laughs) Gotta stick with the C. That's that's kind of how I feel. I would also say C minus. I think there have just been too many games where we have clearly underperformed um, to to grade it any higher than that. Okay, well, I've got some quick fire questions to wrap up our recap of the midseason. So let's start with what was your favorite match so far? That one's easy. Brighton. <laughs> Everybody's going to say Brighton. I think we could all agree on that. <laughs> one. I mean, yeah, that's more than twice as many goals as in all the other WSL goal games. You, you could say that was a highlight of the last two seasons, frankly. <laughs> Or all seasons. Okay, uh, how about worst match? That one might be a little tougher. Uh, Everton for me. I think Everton was easily the one in which we played worst. There might be ones where we were more disappointing. So West Ham was more frustrating in that it felt like we could have done something. But yeah, three three goal deficit against Everton. The way we played just uh, in the freezing cold, which probably didn't help. Um, but yeah, it just felt like no desire, um, nothing there from a Spurs fan's perspective to take any um, delight in whatsoever. Plus yeah. an injury and a red card. It was a nightmare. Mm. <laughs> okay, I had almost forgotten about the red card, so I was about to say, like, do you guys remember how upset we were after the Arsenal game? Uh, but no, never mind. <laughs> it definitely Everton. I don't know. I'm I'm almost tempted to still say Arsenal, though, just because of the the rivalry aspect. It it just felt that much more painful, you know. <laughs> I mean, as a fan, I had a lot more fun at the Everton game because it was just it was <laughs> nice to be surrounded by Spurs fans enjoying the torture together, and it was not nice to be surrounded by Arsenal fans in that other game. But the game, we I mean, we were so bad against Everton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I kind of expect to lose to Arsenal. So you kind of expect to have that feeling at the end of the game, despite last season's kind of toying with getting something out of the game. You just kind of you, you take it with, OK, yeah, now here we go again. But with Everton, should and as, as Rachel says, from the perspective of um, the atmosphere amongst the few fans that were there, it was quite good fun. But 
um, from anything to do with the game, just uh, just no. All right. Who has been your most valuable player? I've got to go with Ash still. I, mean, I know she's tailed off towards the end of the season, but without her goals, without her, her running, we would not be where we are. Yeah. I wanted to say something fancy, but like I really legitimately cannot think of an argument for any other player other than Ash. So, yeah, I think my only I was trying to think about this one. And again, think of whether there was anyone other than Ash. Ash statistically is our best player for lots of different reasons. The goals, the assists, everything. Um, I think in terms of the only argument you could make against her is that she's been slightly less good in a few games more recently. And so I think if you're going to go for consistency, Molly is probably the player because I think she hasn't had a bad game. And that is something we can't say of many players. Yeah, no, Molly was definitely my my second choice. But just because she's a centre-back, I think it's hard for her to have the kind of impact that Ash has been able to have. And um, so despite Ash's slowing down in the in the last few games and and the sending off um just uh, you know i think in, if you're talking about impact then it, it's got to be ash yeah agreed ash 100% what about our most improved player i say asy mm. um i think she was good last season but at the start of this season she was standout and in the games where we were playing well she was playing well so again i think the recent games have been horrible for everyone, but if we just look at who has stood out this season and perhaps in a way that they hadn't last season, she's the player. Yeah, I'd, I'd have to agree. I think um, it's still, you know, still young, still a lot to learn, but she's coming along and she's getting more game time this season. So um, hopefully we'll see even more from her second half of the season. Yeah, I think I'm in agreement there. I think she's been pretty good this season I think even not in all of the games when we were bad but in some of the games we are bad she wasn't bad and she continued to play pretty well um not in all of them obviously I like when I was thinking about this question I was kind of thinking of it as who had improved most since like you know day one of this season against Leicester and I was like I really can't think of anyone who has improved there although maybe I think that like I feel that Drew Spence has been settling in a little more, uh, although that's less about improvement and more about like adjustment, I think. So if we're talking like since Lester, I think I would potentially throw Drew in there, but I think it's got to be in general. It just feels like as Mita is the answer to that question. It, it's as Mita for me too. I think just that she's made a clear step up from her performances last season. So we're all in agreement there once again. I really thought we would have more disagreements with these. <laughs> but th- this next one, we might have some uh, different answers. Who has been your best summer signing? I found this one much harder. So I th- think that the right answer is probably Drew, but I'm not sure why I don't want to give that answer. I think it's perhaps that she that the expectations were higher with her. And so her performance versus my expectations of her has not been that great. But if you look at what she's actually done and the goals and the play, she probably has been. I mean, my heart is more, I I mean, I've enjoyed the 
few hundred minutes of Nikki that we've had. Um, I think that she's doing great things and I'm still optimistic about her. Celine has had moments of fun. And I think that I'm always really happy when Angarad is on the pitch. And she's perhaps the player who I had the low... I, I didn't have very many expectations about. And I think so she's in some way the player who has surpassed my expectations the most. Yeah, I think it is probably between Ang Harrod and, and Drew for me. Um, I, I think, yeah, Celine's had some great moments and looks very promising, but she's obviously getting used to the league. Nikki's obviously had some injury problems which have, have prevented her. Um, Ang Harrod isn't one of those players that you notice particularly, but you notice when she's not on the pitch. Um, and I think that has something to say about what she does on the pitch and how important she is. Um, and I think Drew, who I'm sure we'll be talking about more in relation to summer signings, um, has has been working out how to play in a, in a different way um, for a, you know, a team that are in a different position than where she's come from and, and bringing us to where she is. Um, and also getting used to playing more minutes again because at Chelsea she really didn't get very many yeah I'm I have to say I am pretty surprised with how many minutes she's gotten and definitely pleased obviously not all of them have been like perfect minutes but I think it's got to be Drew for me as well you guys really talked me into that when we were talking I was going to say someone else I'm I'm also really surprised with how far forward Drew's been playing like when we were talking about it over the summer I thought that she was more of a like eight or like a like more box box or like at least more of like a midfieldy midfielder who could attack if necessary um but she's really just like been part of our attack and she and Ash uh, have really been like to Constance and I uh I I think it has to be Drew before I decided that I was going to say Celine because I just think like even though it hasn't it hasn't always come off I just feel like she's come in and like been getting her minutes and been putting up like consistently like good numbers and a lot of things and I feel like she's brought some much needed flair in our attack like when you compare to some of our other attacking options on the wing uh but she hasn't been anywhere near as consistently involved as as drew so for that reason i just have to say drew yeah i think for output alone it's got to be drew um but at the same time you know i think we wish she could be a little more consistent with her performances like most players on the squad this season uh so on the opposite side who has been the most disappointing signing or it could be any player across the squad that has been disappointing. Gosh, I have a few and I'm just trying to pick who's the first. I mean, it's, I don't know if the word is disappointing. Um, I think the player who has caused most pain (laughs) over this season is perhaps Becky Spencer. She's done a lot of great things, but there's been quite a few mistakes as well. And those have cost us dearly in games where either we were level or we were just, you know, one goal down and it's kind of put the game out of reach. So just for the number of mistakes that have been creeping in this season, I think probably Becky, which is yeah, it's painful wonderful. to say. <laughs> I, I, I think, you know, Becky's been so great for us over a, a number of years now, but it's hard to see past in terms of disappointing because of the expectation level being high, 
from what we expect from Becky. Um, I mean, we've all, we always have those moments, don't we, where she's where she's got the ball at her feet and we're like, no, um, because you can just see something about and she gets one or two of those a season where something goes completely awry, but she's had more than that this season um, in situations where she shouldn't have really done that. So I, I think I think from a disappointing perspective, because the expectations are high, it, it has been not great. I mean, obviously, I think players that we know about, like Roz, who we still question whether they're actually good enough to be, well, certainly whether they're good enough to be starting players, obviously, with the way that Rianne's been trying to play this season and with Nikki being injured, she's had a lot more starting time than we might have hoped, but she hasn't created very much. Um, and, you know, from a point of view of would she be in your starting 11 if um, if you were choosing that starting 11, even with the injuries we've had? Possibly not. Um, so I, I think that, that's, you know, that's a, she's not had a great season either. Um, and a lot, yeah, um, but I mean, you know, she's they're not alone in not having a great season. But if we're having to pick out particular players, those would be for me for differing reasons the ones that it's been harder this season. Yeah, I'm like, I gotta list a few players. So I'm really just struggling to answer this question. I think in terms of summer signings who have disappointed me, like it is disappointing that you know Ellie Brazil and Ramona Petzelberger haven't seen much of the pitch. I did not have high expectations for Ramona I will admit so I can't count that as a disappointment because I was like she wasn't that good for Villa I don't think she's going to be that good for us um and Ellie that's just bad luck and that sucks um so (laughs) I think for me the one who I'm most disappointed with is actually Amy Turner and it's the same reasons I see all those mistakes as being more Amy Turner's problem than than Becky's problem uh and like it's hard to say uh Amy Turner as well because she's been played out of position uh and so in some ways you might be like oh it's not really her fault but I am a bit like I was like yeah we needed a third center back but like I'm not sure that's like if you were just gonna play a right back why didn't you buy a right back like it's just baffling to me uh so I feel funny saying her as well and then in terms of non-summer signings, I actually, I I think you guys know that I had really high expectations for Evelina. And I think she's been put in a tough position by things going else going on elsewhere on the team, but she just hasn't lived up to my expectations this season. And I think part of that is like, again, down to position. I think that she's better as a box-to-box midfielder, but it seems that like, you know, we heard from elsewhere that she's supposed to be more of a defensive midfielder but I just don't think she works there and so I've actually I've just been disappointed with um you know the fact that she hasn't stepped up more and that's more about my own expectations than about her but I'm also kind of disappointed with where she's been played in the role she's been asked to play in and then also how she's worked in that role but I still love her and I still think she's going to do great. But I'm just like slightly like, uh, I don't know, like that's not really what I wanted to see. Did I have anyone else? I don't think I had anyone else. I think those were the main players I wanted to cover. I agree yeah. about Amy. I think all of what you said about her, both that she has made errors, but also that she's been played in this position, which makes no sense. And and also, what you, I mean, Evelina has been someone who we count on. 
um, because she's hard running, because she keeps going, because she's always, you know, she always seems to be there and she just seems to have not been able to calm things down when they are chaotic. And so maybe that isn't her role, even if she's quite good at kind of tackling and going in for the ball. Yeah, I'm on the exact same page as Abby with Amy being my most disappointing new signing, somewhat for reasons out of her control. (laughs) And, you know, Evelina, I think just, I feel like we've seen such a decrease in her like physicality uh, this season, which was kind of surprising to me because I felt like that was a big part of her game last season. Um, But yeah, hopefully all of these players are able to turn it around in the second half of the season. Uh, so last question, what was your favorite goal so far? I think I'm going to go with Ash's goal against Reading just because uh, the, you know, the, it was her foresight to say, right, take that quickly. I'm, I'm running and go. And that was, you could kind of see that growth in Ash as to being like, right, no, we, I'm going to make it happen. I'm, you know, and her taking that leadership role on getting goals and things. Um, so that for me is, is my favorite. I think I'm torn. I like Ash's first goal against Leicester, partly because it was the first goal of the season. It was Ash in her new role as a goal scorer. You know, it's kicked off all of that. And it was, you know, a game where we were struggling to find goals. And then we scored two and it looked also promising and optimistic. Um, so the moment was great. But I was also thinking the goal that just like makes me laugh is Jess Naz's goal from kickoff against Brighton. And I think if I could play a goal over and over again, that would just make me laugh every time it would be that one. And so I have to go with that Um, with credit for two. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, this is so funny because I want to say that one, but I like legitimately can't even remember which goal I said was my favorite out of the eight against Brighton. And I'm worried that I'm going to say a different one. I feel like I said that one though, because I thought it was rude and I thought it was funny. Um, I I think that might be my favorite goal of the season. I have to put in, I did like that in that same game, Ash's back heel assist to Drew. That was a really good goal. Uh, And then just for fun, uh, I'm going to throw in Lena Gunning-Williams goal against um, whoever it was in the cup. I thought that was awesome. Uh, And I uh, love the potential there and love the um, instinct to attack. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> My favorite was Ash's back heel pass to Drew, just because I loved that link up so much. Okay, so looking ahead into the new year, what would be your New Year's resolution for Spurs women? It can be for an individual player, for Rianne, or for the team as a whole. I mean, has it really changed from the end of last season? Get in the box. <laughs> Um, I was waiting for you to say that. That's why <laughs> we expect it. <laughs> I mean, um, get get in the box some more, and, and as I said before, get the basics right. You know, it's it's the little things that we're not doing at the moment that I think we need to be doing. Yeah, not to pull a like, just stop being depressed, but like, just don't don't be injured. <laughs> um, but but like, legitimately, I think that it, you know, doing like preventative work for injuries and like rehab and like all those things um potentially like maybe having a a bigger squad could be a part of that etc etc but in general all those things I think for me are summed up by um stop being injured so much like as a squad 
that is so funny because that is exactly what, well I wasn't going to say something injured but I was going to say exactly the same thing and you know basically do your do your preventative training do listen to your physio make sure that you don't get injured so yeah I'm on the same page on that one that is I think the most important thing they could do and you know on that note I will say um one thing I've actually been loving for the past few weeks is that a couple players, most notably Karis, have have been tagging the team chef um, in their Instagram stories. And you can go follow her on Instagram. And it's really cool to see like what they're eating. It looks really good and nutritious. So I know that food can be a part of injury prevention. And so, um, yeah, no, all, all hail Chef Jody. Uh, she seems great. And you should go look for her on Instagram. It's pretty fun. We'll have to drop her handle in the show notes for sure. <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming my... that because the players have been sharing her handle, like she wants people to follow her. So yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, my resolution for the team is actually to just clean up the set piece defense. Cause I feel like we have been hurt so many games by conceding silly goals from set pieces. So obviously we need to score more, but I think a big part of our our strength last season was the defense. So I'd like us to get back to a little bit more stability in the defense. (laughs) Let's take a quick look at the upcoming January transfer window. Some people love it. Some people hate it. Uh, But what positions do we think we need to be prioritizing as far as incomings go? For me, I think at at this point too, an out and out goal scorer, somebody who scores goals, hopefully in the Super League and hopefully we'll come to that in a moment Um, and also then that kind of Maeve Plameron role that we've kind of struggled with for a long time and we thought we'd solved with Maeve and then obviously darn it she went off and wanted a career as an architect so um, we still don't have that kind of that midfielder who puts in the crunching tackles and plays those balls um, that that set off an attack which um, we've been missing this season. I think the other things that we're missing, we can maybe hope, you know, with Kit coming back and things, we've got other options. But for me, those are the two most important things. Yeah, those are two of mine as well. We need a striker, like just a goal-scoring striker. I think that's really important because, like, we do have Nikki, but, like, she is so young and new to the league. And I think that's something that has hurt us is like not being able to play a striker when she like isn't up to the correct number of minutes. And like, I don't think we should be pushing players to play minutes when they're not fit. And Mm -hmm. I think getting another striker in a more mature striker uh, who Nikki could potentially learn from and like share minutes with, or, you know, stuff like that come in for 10 minutes at the end of the game while she's still growing into the role is super important. Um, or also playing a strike duo with once she's fully fit. I think a DM is crucial. Um, yeah, I just think that's crucial. Sean said it all. And um, I think we need a fullback because I don't care what side it's on. We have very versatile fullbacks. You can play on either side, but I think we need another one um, because we just can't keep playing any Turner at right back. And I don't know why exactly we're doing that. Uh, and so, uh, whatever we could like some sort of fullback slash wing back. So anything that allows 
Ash to maybe come back to right back and Amy Turner become either a rotating center back, a center back in a back three, or even a starting center back in place of one of the other two if needed. Um, that's what I want. And I also will say I want all three of those players to be good in the air. I'll ask. <laughs> Yeah. I wouldn't bother repeating everything that Sean and Abby said. I agree with it all. Those are the three areas that we need players in. It's urgent. I would say that we probably actually need two um, strikers just because having one who might get injured is very risky. Again, we'd be down to just Nikki. And it's very clear that none of our other, all of our other players are better on the wing than they are in the center. So in an ideal world, two strikers. But I would make do with one as long as we got the other defensive midfielder and fullback. Yeah, the only thing different I would say is even just finding a second forward who could be another versatile player that can play striker or wing. Because I feel like we've had, you know, kind of some inconsistent performances at the wing position too with Jess. Part of her is being because of injury, um, but also Roz when she's not playing striker. Um, and Celine still being pretty new to the league and, you know, developing. So I wouldn't mind seeing a second forward as well. If we have a, another fullback, Ash can play on the wing more often. And so that does provide better options there while still retaining our defensive strength. So I think that's one of the reasons why fullback is so important because it actually strengthens our wings as well and our attacking by allowing Ash to play there. Yeah. Uh, I was, the other thing is obviously like the... A lot of this is also dependent on Kit really being about to come back so that we have a more creative midfielder on the way. Otherwise, that is another area where we might want to strengthen. But fingers crossed, Kit's on her way back. Yeah, we hope so. And I think, like, I would actually put it as simply as, like, in the summer we asked for somebody who could play as a winger and a striker, just like a versatile forward. And uh, that was Ellie Brazil. And she's out for forever not for but like for a long time so I think we need like a more mature version of Ellie Brazil I think that would be my force what we need is just somebody who can just pop in and just do better than what Roz does when she pops in and yeah not well said in the fourth minute so is there anybody that y'all think needs to be an outgoing transfer whether that's permanently or on loan? Well, I think it's difficult with outgoings because it's about the squad size as well. So I don't think you want to lose anybody unless you've got somebody else to come in who's better than they are, who will, if you've got already got a full squad, we don't want to have less than the, than the fully allowed squad because none of the players that we've got at the moment are players that you wouldn't find some use in during a season. So for me, the outgoing question is very much dependent on the incoming question. And there are players I think we can do better than, but unless we've got those in the bag to come in, I don't want to see anybody going out right now. Agree totally. Yeah. I have a hundred percent agreement with that. I do have one spicy take. Uh, I think Jess Naz needs a loan and she's just, she just keeps getting injured for us. When she comes back, she's like really low in confidence. She's not putting up numbers um, yeah, she had a good game against Brighton and showed some promise elsewhere, but I really think consistent game time at a lower level would do her 
a lot of good. She hasn't had a loan since she came back from her ACL injury. And I just feel that that would be really beneficial to her as a player. And so if we were able to get someone in to fill that roster spot, I would really like to see her go out on loan and just build that confidence and build that fitness. And like, I think she's at a point in her development where like, if she just keeps getting some time here and there, but not fully, she's just going to turn into a player who never puts up numbers. So that's what I think, but it is highly dependent on who we bring in because we need a bigger roster. I think it's yeah. also slightly about how that would, how she would understand that. So whether it builds confidence or makes her feel unwanted is obviously, yeah, sure. and we don't know, I don't know enough about her as a player to know how she would interpret it and whether, how she would react. Yeah. Cause yeah. it's almost like you wonder if she's aged out of the developmental loan stage, you know? But at the same time, I don't think it's a bad shout at all. <laughs> and the only other one I thought of was maybe Gracie Pierce. Oh, yeah. Realistically, if she's not going to be getting a lot of first team minutes, you know, send her out to a team where she can get some consistent minutes. Because I think she's at that level where she could be contributing full time to a team. So especially, yeah, especially if we actually got a fullback and Amy was then one of three center backs, then there right. would be even less role for her mm-hmm. obviously if we don't do that then she is our replacement center back at the moment yeah well we do have one very special topic to discuss which I know Abby especially is going to be thrilled about <laughs> so it has been heavily rumored all but confirmed that Spurs are going to be signing Beth England from Chelsea for a record fee in terms of a player moving between WSL teams so, I mean, I, I think it's fair to say that we're all feeling positive about this, but what are your specific thoughts about this transfer? I deserve a medal for not bringing it up uh, so far. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> I think it's it's the kind of perfect storm, isn't it, has created this opportunity because we were talking about it in the summer. There were rumours in the summer that this was going to happen and it didn't happen. Um, and I think probably Bethany was hoping to get more minutes at Chelsea. She thought she might. Spurs were hoping that Nicola was going to be the answer without having to spend money. And neither of those things have happened. So for everybody, it's a it's a good move. Um, for Bethany England's, you know, with the World Cup coming up and she wants to be on that plane, she needs to be getting minutes. So coming to Spurs is a great thing for her. She'll be coming to join Drew Spence, who she's played with before. They will hopefully have good understanding um, and we'll be able to to work together. Uh, and from our perspective, if we've got the money there, which it seems we have, why not splash it on a player who's actually got experience in the WSL, who can score goals in the WSL, which is what we need more than anything right now. Uh, it's worth, if any, of any of them, it's worth the punt. So, and it also, I think, has another benefit in which Spurs fans are going hey, we're spending some money. Maybe we're taking this seriously now. And I don't think that's a bad thing either for the club to be doing right now. Yeah, it's an eye-watering amount of money. I cannot <laughs> believe we're going to break the transfer fee record for uh, you know a WSL to WSL transfer. I, I, I'm i really excited about it. I think everybody knows that. I've been joking about it for ages, um, but like was half serious. I... I think like, you know, she's a great penalty box striker. 
she can score. She, she like is going to be hungry to get her lionesses squad spot back. She links up well with others. I think that's a really cool thing about her that should help with ball progression. Uh, I think it's just going to be just a complete net positive. I think it's going to be good for everyone around her as well. The one thing that I will say is that uh, she doesn't seem like a pressing forward. Um, And I was like, oh, maybe that's just because she was playing for Chelsea. Uh, But Sam Kerr, her pressing numbers are pretty high. So, um, or like relatively high, that is. Maybe it is a Beth England thing. So we'll have to see how that works. Um, That's going to be something I'm looking out for, you know, if this happens. Um, The other thing is I seem to remember multiple games where, like, so so specifically the one against us in preseason. And additionally, the first game at the Euro, I think it was. It was either in warm-ups or in the first game. She sometimes, like when she can't when the team can't get the ball for to her she can have a pretty quiet game I've noticed and just like sort of end up being isolated and like just played out of the game by the fact that knowing he can get her the ball which is fine uh but it does mean that we are also going to need to strengthen the team in ball progression areas which is something I think we've struggled with uh so it can't like just be Beth England but I think even if it is, it's still a great move. And I'm obviously thrilled about it. Uh, and it's obviously thrilling to be able to like pull up my joke tweets and like retweet them now. I think that's great. So uh, I love it. And I love the content. It's A plus for me. Yeah, it's great news, isn't it? It's fantastic for lots of different reasons. She isn't going to be the complete answer. She's not going to transform Spurs. But if Spurs are going to transform, she could definitely be part of doing that. So it's really exciting. It's also really exciting for the club in a way, in terms of how it makes potentially makes it possible to build the profile of the club. And I'm sure that this is part of the rationale for splashing out a lot of money on a player who may be in the England squad in the run up to the World Cup because Spurs didn't benefit very much from the Euros bounce. And if they have a player who is in the World Cup squad, they may think that, you know, the club can benefit a lot more, both in terms of fandom, people coming to the games, but also online and other kinds of support. So I can see the logic of why it's worth taking a punt and spending a ton of money now not just for how it might improve the team but if she starts playing well and gets back into the England squad of the reciprocal ways in which it will mean money coming back into the club so I think it's actually a smart business move as well as a smart footballing move and yeah super excited about it on the pill I think as other people have said seeing how she links up with Drew is going to be well hopefully if she comes is going to be a really exciting part of it Um, because as we were saying earlier, Drew doesn't quite seem settled and having a player that she is used to playing with and knows how to find is going to make a lot of difference, I think. Yeah, totally. I'm I'm also excited to see uh, her linking up with Kit Graham when Kit gets back. I think some of her her passes and up to Beth England are just going to be phenomenal. But yeah, I agree. It's a good thing for the club profile as well. It's it's kind of a bummer that we couldn't make this deal happen in the summer because uh, I think we could have had a very different first half of the season. But, you know, it, it's it's really encouraging to see the club making this kind of, you know, 
I guess, statement transfer is the only way you can put it. Um, and to be going after a player who, although she hasn't been getting as many minutes as she would like, is indisputably still in her peak. You know, not a player who's who's on the the worst end of the the age spectrum. So about her age, I did. I, I every once in a while, I think like when people mostly watch men's football and then they start watching women's football and they're like, oh my god, why are we paying that much for a twenty eight year old? I think it's worth pointing out that like uh, the peak tends to last a little longer and go a little later in women's football. Um, mm-hmm. So it's think of it more like signing a 26 or 27 year old. And then I also think because she's had limited minutes the last few years, I think that also, um, you know, bodes well for extending her peak. So I don't, I don't think that's a concern at all. Yeah, definitely more of a benefit for sure. <laughs> Is there anybody else that y'all have your eye on in terms of a transfer wish list, which I know is hard to say in January because you never really know who all is available. I do. So this is half joke, but like half serious. So I remember when we were, when we first heard about the Nicola transfer, we um, like me and a couple other people, probably you guys as well went and watched a bunch bunch of FC Fleury um, comps and Nicola obviously stood out as a goal scorer, but there was another player whose name I'm pulling up, a Polish winger. Um, Let's see if I can pronounce her name. Yeah, Dominika Grabowska, who looked really, really good in all those comps. And if she's available, I think we should get her as a winger. She apparently has had the most assists for Poland out of any player this year. And she just looked really, really bright. And I think if we have been like doing business with FC Fluffy, we have a Polish player, go get her as well. She honestly, we watched those comps and we were all like, actually she looks better than Nicola, but don't, don't say it. Uh, so that's who I would like to see us by. I know it's not any of the positions I mentioned earlier. I don't care. I think she's cool. Rachel, Sean, y'all have anybody that you got your eye on? Uh, I don't. I don't really watch too much other uh, of other teams, to be fair. So I know what we need, but I don't know where that's going to come from. Yeah, I feel like I'm just relying on Tinny to get onto her contact list again <laughs> and sort it out for us. Um, Not I, a bad I mean, strategy. there was a rumor. Yeah, I mean, there was a rumor today that we were gonna that we might be looking at a Ghanaian player who's currently playing in the US. I'm just excited that we are looking at less conventional places so if that is true it's exciting that we're looking there yeah I I didn't have a specific answer either but I think just like y'all have said expanding our our recruiting pool um, I think especially taking a look at some of the NWSL players who are entering that new free agency um, as well as college players you know there could be some gems to be found there for sure I will now shift it over to Rachel because she has some fun Christmas quiz kind of questions for us. So go ahead, Rachel. Okay, so I think we're going to start with a quick quiz Um, for this one. Abby, close all of your windows. I know you've got a load of data on there. Everybody look away from your um, existing information about Spurs women. And I'm going to ask you a few questions. Uh, to see how much you've remembered from the season and the year. So first off, who has played the most WSL minutes for Spurs so far this season? Answers. 
I feel like it's got to be Molly or Shalina. No, Shalina's been, well, Shalina's been on the bench for the cup games, but probably, yeah. But you said WSL, right? Trying to remember if Molly's gone off with injury, uh, like, or whether she's just, like, gone down and played through it. I feel like I saw Rachel nod after someone said Molly, so I feel like it's Molly. (laughs) I'm going to go with Shalina until then, though. (laughs) It is Shalina. Yes. Oh, well no. done, Abby. You tricked me. <laughs> Your first I wasn't decisive. Was like, Ignore my nuts. Okay. We'll carry on in terms of uh, playing time. Can you put the following in the order of the minutes they've played? So, who's played the most through to the least minutes of, and I'm going to say them in alphabetical order. So, there's nothing in the way I'm saying them that's going to give it away. Angarad, Celine, Drew, and Nikki. So the most through to the least minutes. I feel like Drew's got to be the most. Yeah. And Nikki the least. Okay, okay. I think I'm going to say Drew, Angarad, Celine, and Nikki. That's what well I done, Caroline. Yeah. Nice one. Yes. <laughs> okay. Just to go a little off piece. Can you name the series on which Lena Gunning Williams appeared and what was her character's name? So she was in a children's BBC series for several seasons. I feel like Sean's going to be the expert on this one. I know the series. She was in Jamie Johnson, which because my nephew loves it and was very excited to discover that it's Lena. Um, But I can't can't remember the name. I, I didn't really watch I didn't really watch it but I just know that my nephew's very excited about it so um that's hilarious I was gonna say it was called like the secret lives of footballers or something like that <laughs> uh no <laughs> I don't know the name either yeah I've, so I've her, never heard of this like apparently her, something like that so apparently her character is called Jack I have only watched clips um but there mm. are lots of clips available and you can do the whole catch-up if you're interested at any time um <laughs> Okay, so returning to the field, we have two players who are joint top in terms of assists. Ash is one of them. Who's the other? Or is it, it, doesn't Amy Turner have like a weirdly high number of assists, but I feel like it's Drew. Any other takes? I'm, I'm going to guess Anger Ad. <laughs> no, that's a good one as well. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm right, but I'm going to guess that. <laughs> I can't, uh, yeah, I have the feeling, again, I don't think it's right, but it feels like Drew. It's actually Cho. Both she oh. and Ash <laughs> got those two assists during the Brighton game. And so she's equal with Ash on two assists. I totally forgot about that. Wow. Way to go, Cho. <laughs> Her assist per minute must be crazy high. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So in how many games in the WFL has Tinny been in goal out of the nine? And for a follow-up point, what was our goal difference across those games? So do you remember how many games Tinny started out of nine? I was going to say one, but you said games, so I'm going to go say two. Two. I was going to say two or three. I think two because I can't remember. I think it's three. 
Caroline's right. It is three. Good, good. <laughs> so yes, she was. She's been in goal for three three games. What do you think are goal differences for those games? She wasn't in goal for Brighton, was she? So it's got to be like minus Whoa. six or something like that. I feel like she was in goal for Brighton. Oh, was she? Which means that it's <laughs> not going to be that Maybe bad. It's zero then. <laughs> I'll, I'll say if we're assuming she was in goal for Brighton, I think she was in goal for a couple of the games against top four teams. So it, it probably is like positive two. <laughs> It's actually positive six. She was in goal what? for Liverpool, one nil, Brighton, eight nil, and then Chelsea, nil for it. And we lost three nil. Wow. So she's got a decent goal difference this season nine, four, and three against. Okay. Which Spurs player had taken the most shots in the WSL this season? Who's been shooting a lot? Rosella. <laughs> nobody takes shots like she takes shots. it's gotta be Roz yeah I agree yeah. I'm, I'm gonna she go might, or it could be Drew it could be Drew she has taken a lot of shots Sean you're going Ash yeah I'm gonna say Drew I changed my answer what about I'm trying to think Drew does take a lot of shots Drew and Ash both take a lot of shots like shots total or shots per minute per 90 shots total i'm just going to stick with roz even though i'm pretty sure it is true but i just have to stick with roz she takes so many shots and they're so bad she i haven't looked i can't remember the per 90 it might be roz on the per 90 but in total shots it is true she's had 29 shots nine Ooh. on target ash is quite a way behind she's had 18 with eight on target Interestingly, mm. the most accurate is Celine, who's had only nine shots, five on target, but obviously hasn't actually scored. <laughs> okay, just can you remember our torment? In which order did these Spurs players get or injured? So who was first out, who was second out, and who was third out? Out of Ellie, Kaya, and Roz. Ellie I think was Roz last. was first. Because it was like the second game, wasn't it? Yeah. And I remember also when Kaya was injured, I remember comparing the tackle that she was that she made to the tackle Roz made and got injured at. So it had to be Roz first, Kaya second, Ellie third. I think yep. so. Spot on. Yeah. There you go. The thing that sticks in our head are the injuries. <laughs> How sad. <laughs> okay. Going back beyond this season, but who scored the first goal of 2022 for Spurs? The first Spurs goal of 2022. Like calendar year? Calendar year. Thinking back to last January. Wasn't it Jess or something? I think it might have been Jess. It was actually Roz from the penalty spot. Uh. (laughs) There's in a our game, item. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was the game against West Ham where um, Sissoko fouled Gioli Tang, another name from the past. Oh, um, Gioli. <laughs> and then got a second yellow card for fouling Ros a little while later. Um, 
And then Kate Longhurst came back with that header, which we'll just skip over. Yeah, forget that one. <laughs> okay, final quick quiz question. Can you spell Nikki's surname? <laughs> yes. K-A-R-C-Z-E-W-S-K-I. S-K-A. K. Oh, God. <laughs> so oh, Caroline, you were doing so, so well. That I was, was so impressive. Close. I know um, it's an A. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. Well done. Okay. So I did pretty well on that. I wasn't keeping score. I forgot along the way. But yeah, collectively, most of the answers were there. Okay. Moving on from quick quiz, though, we are going to play a very quick game of start, bench, sell based on the classic marry, date, dump. We are just doing um, start, bench, sell. And we're going to do them by position. So let's start off with Shalina, Molly, Amy. Obviously, no right answers. We're all just throwing our answers in the hat here. Well, I think for me, start is Molly. Uh, next two are more difficult, but just I thought I'm going to I'm going to keep Shalina on the bench, and I'm going to sell Amy. I'm the same. Same answers. Same. I think if we'd seen more from Amy as center back. I would have a tougher choice between Amy and Shalina because I know Shalina, I don't think Shalina is the best center back out there. But as such, we have not seen that. So I just got to be that. Yeah. Shalina is the captain. So we have to have some loyalty. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, it is a tough one for those reasons. But yeah, probably the same. Um, Okay. Started tough, getting tougher. How about Ash, Azmita, and Karis? This is a cruel question, Rachel. I hate this question. <laughs> I, think the, I think the start is easy. Yes. We're all going to start Ash, right? Of course. Yes. The next yes. bit is more difficult because uh. it depends. Are we talking about for this season only or, or are we thinking in the long term? Because if we're talking for this season only then I'm keeping Karis. But if we're talking about building a squad for the future, then I'm keeping Asmita. I think that's I can't argue with that. I also have a follow-up question. Um, How much money do you guys think we could get for Asmita? (laughs) Because I'm just saying, like, I don't know, but I actually actually do think I would keep Asmita. And as much as it pains me to say, I would sell Karis. I just think I have to take the long-term view on that one. Yeah, which is sad because we love Karis. <laughs> yeah, no. you are right. It depends whether it's this season or like at the moment, we desperately need Karis's organizational skills. We need her in there. We need her bossing the back line. Um, so if it was this season only, I'm definitely keeping Karis. I'm on the bench, I think. Um, although that doesn't help her to do the shouting. At- <laughs> although <laughs> I-, I don't know. <laughs> it probably is still a possible Um <laughs> Yeah, no, this is an impossible question. This is clearly three players that we would probably start all of if we could. Um, yeah. Sell Karis and then also buy her back. <laughs> <laughs> How about Angaraj, Cho, and Evelina? See, on current form, I feel like this is a little trickier because I almost feel like Cho has been playing better than Evelina. So, so I think I would start Angarad, bench Cho, sell Evelina. 
See, the problem for me is that Cho is like 33, at least. Mm, and that's true. Yeah, that's like pretty old. She's like, like, no, okay, it's not. It's obviously very young. But like, for for in terms of like thinking long term, um, it, I it's, think we should play this season. This is this season. <laughs> the world might end next season. Yeah, that's true. I still think that I'd rather see young players in there. And I also like, I have a much more difficult time calling the battle between Angerad and Evelina for this one. I know I said I was disappointed with Evelina, but I feel like they've actually been playing at similar levels. So it's really tough for me. Yeah, I think this one's tough. I guess I'll go with start Angerad just because I feel like she's been not starting lately and we've been playing badly. So let's change it up. Bench Evelina because I think she needs a rest and Selcho. Yeah, I think I'd probably come down with that order, although it's difficult. I mean, I, I'm a big fan of Evelina generally, um, and but that you can't get away from the fact that Ang Harrod being on the pitch seems to make a difference at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. Um, for me, selling Cho was an easier decision. I find her a slightly frustrating player to watch, despite her leading in assists or co-leading in assists, as we've discovered. Um, yeah, and Angered has played some really important games. But yeah. Uh, but basically, we, we want Angered and Evelina on the pitch, right? Yes, <laughs> of course. Yes. And also, we, or, or other ways, we want the bench to be used in the way like Serena Wiegmann uses the bench, where the bench is actually used. So they are an alternative rather than, you know, a last resort. Uh, yes, as we all yeah. know, Serena Wiegman invented super subs. So. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah, it all gets invented with the England squad. There are no other teams. <laughs> okay, last one. Celine, Rose and Jess. I think for me, I'd, I'd start Celine, I'd put Jess on the bench and I'd sell Rose. Sam. This is probably the easiest one for me. <laughs> this is spicy. I'm going to start Celine, put Roz on the bench and sell Jess because I think being able to bring Roz on for 10 or 15 minutes and have her just take shots, even if they go nowhere, is a decent way to close out a game and she can run fast against tired legs. On the contrary, I think Jess is the better option off the bench because we've seen her make some really important crosses. Um you know, assist in the last few minutes of games. So yeah. I would also highlight that only one of those three players has scored any goals off the bench this season. And that is Jess, who has scored two. So right. on that basis, uh, she put in quite league. a nice cross at the end of the game the other day. But has she scored a goal off the bench this season? <laughs> so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going with um, Caroline and um, Sean's version, which I'd is... rather sell both of them. But, yeah, I'm not above dark arts to close out a game, so. <laughs> You're getting spicier as the, get- as the pod goes on with your takes. It's really just the same take again, though, which is that I want to send Jess out on loan. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay. Thank you for the very fun and challenging Christmas quiz, Rachel. Uh, We hope everyone enjoyed this episode and definitely feel free to follow us on Twitter. We're at N17 women. 
make sure to follow us or subscribe, I should say, on your podcast platform of choice. And we will see y'all in the new year. Come on, you Spurs. Thank you.